May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, it's really good to see you all. It's been a while. I've been in Texas. So I'm back for the fourth Sunday in Advent. Uh, for my grandchildren, it's day 19 of their chocolate Advent calendars. Christmas shopping is just about done for most of us. I did hear that there's somebody who hasn't finished at all. So maybe a few last minute gifts still need to be bought. Presents have been mailed uh, and sent with fingers crossed that the post office will get them to the right place on time. But it's been another hard year, hasn't it? Uh, we are going on our third year with COVID, if you can believe it. And now we have this new variant that's causing havoc uh, around the world. And we're still fighting our vaccinations, masks, elections, and so much else. No one seems to be able to get along anymore. Our public life seems to be just fraying at the seams. And as I write this, or as I wrote this, several states had seen their entire towns uh, being devastated by tornadoes uh, with a rising death toll. So I don't know about you, but what I really need right now in this last Sunday in Advent is this moment and this hour right here in this sacred space, space for me to just breathe and to sit back and to enter into the silence and the mystery of Advent. This time helping us to remember that even in the midst of all that may be wrong in our world and in our lives, that this is the season of hope and expectation. And we remember who it is that we're waiting for. But for today, let's just, let's just linger and wait. Let's just wait just a little bit longer. Because today, we get to spend time with a young woman. This wonderful, wonderful story when Mary runs with haste, as Luke writes to her cousin Elizabeth, two pregnant women one who is supposedly too old to be pregnant, and one too young, unmarried, and facing an uncertain future. And we know so little about her, do we? don't we? we? We read about her obedience, her faith, her purity, in, in paintings and in Christmas pageants. She sits meekly, silent, draped in blue, eyes downcast with a sweet smile, a footnote in the Christmas pageant and in the Christmas story. We honor her for her role in carrying the Christ child, but we forget or we just ignore her humanity, her very humanness and her role as a mother carrying a child in a world where neither she nor her child was safe from the state or from poverty and disease. A young woman 
unmarried, facing an uncertain future at best, and devastating retribution from her community at worst. So her story is so much more than just a Christmas card image of serenity and holiness. This is a woman to be reckoned with, a woman of strength, strong in her faith in God, facing the unknown with courage, but she's also an ordinary woman from a small backwater town. One writer states that Mary is a member of the priesthood of all believers, a woman who emulates for us the mysterious ties that include all of us in the work of God right here on earth. And it is this young woman that brings us the very first Christmas message of hope and peace. It is this woman who will remain with her child even while he dies violently on a cross. It is this woman who cries out with fists clenched, defiantly singing her radical and hope-drenched song that God has not forgotten the poor or the hungry, that God has not ignored the violence of the wealthy and the powerful. Diedrich Bonhoeffer writes and describes Mary's song, The Magnificat, as the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. That this is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary we sometimes see in paintings. This song has none of the sweet, nostalgic, or even playful tones of the Christmas carols. It is instead a hard, strong, inexorable song about the power of God and the powerlessness of humankind. This is a song that is so subversive in its cultural, socioeconomic, and political implications that it has been banned in our lifetimes many times by oppressive government regimes. Despots and tyrants, afraid of the power of her words, knowing that too much hope is dangerous because hope is dangerous. Hope can shake the very foundations of everything, everything that is weighing us down. And hope can shake the foundations and change the course of history. My soul magnifies the Lord. And her song goes on to do just that. Singing of a God who is invested in a revolutionary and lasting change for his creation. Mary's song calls us to yearn and to hope and to work for a better world, a reordered world, a world that is turned upside down and inside out, one where children, children don't go hungry and there are no homeless dying on our streets from cold or heat, one where the oppressed and the exploited are saved and that unjust systems are upended. He has brought down the powerful from the thrones and lifted up the lowly.
One writer wrote about this reading saying, the scale of the story hardly seems grand enough for the fourth Sunday in Advent. But really, I think he totally misses the point of how extraordinary, how absolutely extraordinary these words were then and are now. I don't know that if you've noticed, but that when God wants our attention, it's the little, the ordinary, and the unexceptional that God uses in the unexpected moments, in our lives, and in our world. And today, that unexpected moment is these women are the story. It is only their voices that we hear on this fourth Sunday in Advent. One too old and one so very young. Two pregnant women meeting up for support and strength and singing about toppling empires. Two marginalized pregnant women who carry the future in their swollen bellies. And here's the thing. I really believe that Mary has passed this song on to you and to me. It's a clarion call for all of us. We are being called to keep on singing Mary's song, to love God and God's creations fiercely as Mary loved her child. With Mary always reminding us that we too are called as members of the priesthood of all believers, to love God and our neighbors, to raise our voices, to stand with our fists clenched defiantly in the face of injustice and oppression, wherever we find it. The poet Mary Oliver spoke to this moment perfectly. I tell you this to break your heart, by which, me, by which I mean only that it break open and never close again to the rest of the world. I tell you this to break your heart and never close it again to the rest of the world. Because Mary's song of radical hope and expectation for a more just world means nothing unless we allow our hearts to break open to one another, loving one another as we are so loved. Opening our hearts to the world as it is now, in all its brokenness, and yes, in all its glory. My soul magnifies the Lord. So let us hear Mary's song and make it our own. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away empty. Hope is being born into this world this Christmas and hope can be very dangerous. So find your voice and sing your song and share it, share it with the world. Sing out your own radical hope 
drenched song. It's our song now.